Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. So, welcome back to yet another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And we have a guest again today, someone who's been on with us before. Yes, we have Augusta Harding back. Yeah, Augusta was uh, in performance-based religion once, and then she came to know the Lord, and then she reached back to folks in ministry for many years and so she has a, a rich experiences to share with us right and so we're going to kind of pick up on your story Augusta and where we left off last time if I remember right is you were on a quest for it the problem was you weren't sure what exactly it was but you knew it was out there and if I remember right, you and your husband had been through the temple it wasn't exactly a positive experience for you but nonetheless, you were still committed to your Mormon faith. But God was about to show up in a really big way, and we're excited to hear about it in this episode. So uh, I'm still looking for it, the mm -hmm. message. I read, believe it or not, most of those books in my library again to look for the message. Oh. And it would come close, and i say, yeah, that's it. And then, no, that's not it. Wow. These yeah. are your Mormon books, the yes. Mormon mm -hmm. study books, yes. everything that you had, yes. yes. And I'm not quite understanding much of what I'm reading in the Bible, but I'm okay. coming across some disturbing verses like that marriage thing. Mm -hmm. One day, and I hope the chronology is correct here, you know, it's hard because... One, well, if you don't know if the chronology is yes, correct, we probably <laughs> no, won't either, so I think you're safe. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But I want to get it right, you know, in my old 82-year-old brain. But, this, you know, I have a calling. I have two call four callings, actually, now. I've okay. I've restored, you know, to enough help All right. to have four callings again. Uh, you know, I'm teaching the Maya maids. I'm, I'm a Relief Society teacher. I'm a, a Mormons will know what that is. It's right. uh, mm -hmm. mutual. And uh, I'm... I'm uh, visiting teacher and I'm an in-service teacher for young marrieds and so forth. So, um, and Dan is very busy, part mm -hmm. of the bishopric here in, in Fisher's right. fourth ward. So, um, now, now have you, are you sharing any of this with nothing. Dan? So he doesn't know you're listening nothing. to Christian radio. He doesn't know. Wow. Absolutely okay. So nothing. at this point he's clueless. Yes. Okay. One time the Mormon missionaries <laughs> caught me because they were like my sons. I would cut their hair and write their answered their dear John letters and invite them to dinner and you know they right. were like parts of our family we were the heavenly hardings by the way <laughs> that <laughs> yes. was your nickname in and the all Lord. my daughters had crushes on the missionaries you know and yes so then um, they caught me one time listening to the Christian radio and they said sister Hardy why are you listening to that oh I was just uh, making fun of this guy you know he said, well, well, this is the apostasy. You, you don't want to be listening. I said, I know, I know, I know. And so, mm, you know, wow. And I'm like, 
And that night, I remember distinctly asking Heavenly Father to forgive me and promising him that I would not listen to Christian radio again, <laughs> only to break wow. my promise the next day. <laughs> <laughs> because you're so drawn to it. Because so it's, it's to touching it. yeah. something oh, yeah. deep inside you. Thank you so much. Wow. I thought I was just becoming mentally ill with this desire mm -hmm. to know what it was. Yes. And so one day I'm going to the ward. My kids are going to their meeting. Then is the priesthood meeting. I'm going to my, you know, sacrament meeting. And I was crying, crying my eyes out to, to Heavenly Father and thinking, maybe it's because I don't know Heavenly Mother enough. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So... Uh, uh, it's always your issue, right? Yes. It's got to yeah, be your yeah. problem. It's got to be me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I stopped the car in a church parking lot even, hoping that a minister could come out and tell me something. I didn't know what. Oh, really? Oh. Just yes. another Christian? But nobody came. Wow. <laughs> and I was just praying. And so I went to the ward and just did the same old routine as always. But all of a sudden, I couldn't bear my testimony. Mm. You know, I couldn't do that and wow. feel honest. Yes. Okay. So now, one day, I am sitting in my on my sofa at noon, and I turned on the t TV, and it was Channel Forty, out of South Bend, Indiana, and it was a pastor who was teaching, and it was a, he had a blackboard, and he said, "Today we're talking about eternal life and how you can know." you have eternal life. Oh. And I, I had a plate on my lap, my lunch, mm -hmm. and I, I said, I took, I was eating my sandwich and I pointed at the TV and said to him, you can't know that. Mm. You can't know you have eternal life. Well, he proceeded to tell me <laughs> how you could know mm. and how you were not going to have eternal life. And he is talking about all the things that I'm relying on. Those are all the you things cannot, that aren't going to yes, yeah. your own works. Yes, you yeah. cannot have eternal life because you're a good person. Mm -hmm. I thought, really? My ears are perking up, you know? Yeah. You cannot turn, have eternal life because you go to some special church and because you're baptized, you know, mm. you can sit in a pew all night, all day long and be dead as a doornail. Mm. And he's going on and on. He wow. said, it's only when you the sinner come to Jesus Christ the Savior and you absolutely turn off all of your righteousness to him because your righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord mm. and he's quoting Isaiah yeah, yeah. And wow. so uh, wow I thought this is amazing and then I thought when he said when he quoted Ephesians 2 8 and 9 it is by grace, grace that we are saved, we through, are saved faith. through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift, gift of God, of God. It's, it's not of works yeah, I'm, I know Lest that I'm no one should boast. boast yeah and that hit me like a Mack truck of truth and I said to myself that's it that's that was it wow that I had to know that was the it that yeah. was the it I was so filled with Joy, I cannot even begin to tell you. 
I went to down the street. I was supposed to wash the floor for for a, a, a neighbor because we were always doing good works to get people in the Mormon church. Right. I'm in her house. She's not home. You know, I'm washing her dirty kitchen floor. And before I know it, I am on my knees on the dirty kitchen floor. And for the first time, I am talking to Jesus. Mm. Wow. Because we didn't talk to Jesus. We only talked yeah. to Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. Right. And I said, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Savior. I know you're my Savior. And I just babbling to Jesus. Like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a child, you know. Yeah. And I stood up off that kitchen floor, and I'll tell you, I was a different Mormon. <laughs> I didn't fit yeah. in anywhere, you know. Yeah. I tried to take this message to the Maya maids. They were all ears. They mm -hmm. were fascinated. And then I was taken into the bishop's office and told not to be talking about Jesus all the time. <laughs> to please uh, follow the manual. Yes. Wow. Or I was in danger of becoming a, quote, Protestant. Yes. Yeah, so and that's I one of the most evil things you can oh be. Yes. That's even worse than being a Satanist yes. or a Hindu or a Buddhist or anything oh yes. besides a, a born-again Christian. That's a bad, bad guy. And that's wow. something we used to mock. Well, I brought the manual home that Sunday with the Maya maids one Sunday. And uh, I uh, was preparing next Sunday's lesson. And the lesson said... Bear your testimony that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God and that the Book of Mormon is true and the Mormon Church, uh, the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ is the only true church. Mm. And I said to God, you know, Lord, I got on my knees at my bedside. I can't do that any, anymore. But if the Mormon Church is true, please show me. I will live for it. I will die for it. But if it isn't true, and those were the hardest words I've ever had to utter. Mm -hmm. I will leave it. Mm. Wow. I actually said, I will leave it. Okay, so now back to Dan. At this point, he, he is still... <laughs> wow. Oh, poor guy. So when, when, when do you tell Dan? Well, when? No, so then you have to hear this. Okay. Five minutes after I pray, pray this prayer, no more than five minutes, Mm -hmm. My Relief Society president, Virginia Tensmeyer, calls me up, Dr. Tensmeyer's wife. And she yeah. says, Augusta, there's a church in town, and they're showing a film against us. Oh. It and had to be the 80s, right? Yes. yes. And that was 81. the Godmakers. No, mm -hmm. it wasn't the Godmakers yet. Oh, no. 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 It was Ron Carlson. Oh, yes. That, Ron yes. Carlson did yes. a whole teaching series yes. on different groups. Mormon yes. shows it in the Adventist. And, he had and a, she said, we're calling a few stalwarts to come and show up there to show those Christians that this is whatever they're saying. <laughs> so you're lie. one of the stalwarts that's oh, going to yeah, go and defend Mormonism. Right. So Dan and I show up, and there are three others, and we're watching this film. And then all of a sudden, Ron Carlson starts quoting Isaiah. 4310. Mm. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Yeah. And Dan looks at me in the dark, and I look at him, and he said, That's disturbing. <laughs> That's weird. So I'm, and I'm trying to remember Isaiah 4310. Mm -hmm. After the movie, that's the only one, the scripture that stuck with me. After the movie, we're in the lobby, and we're, you know, very awkward among the enemy. 
later on I, I spoke many times in that wonderful church. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, and they're saying, uh, you know, you really need to know the Savior, and we're assuring them we're Christians, and this is all spurious information, blah, blah, blah. So I said to Lowell Tensmeyer, Dr. Tensmeyer, in the lobby, I said, what do you think of that quote, those quotes? They were quoting Isaiah, hoping he would explain it to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, <laughs> they sure like Isaiah, don't they? Well, the wow. Book of Mormon's full of Isaiah. That was my answer. That was and your I answer. Said, yeah. And then Dan, I said to Dan, aren't we supposed to like Isaiah? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan said, oh, you know, this is just propaganda, Gusta. Don't listen to this and everything. And also, two days later, I heard that a friend of mine in Chicago, who basically is not a believer to this day, was having her Lutheran Icelandic child confirmed in Chicago. And oh. I said to Dan, we need to be good guys. We need to be friends and send a card. And uh, I said, let's go to, there is a Christian bookstore. Romar on 86th Street. Okay, Dan said, I'm not going in there. I said, that's okay, honey, you wait in the car, I'll go in and buy the card. <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm going in to buy the card, I find the card. Old lady Sally Allen, whom I knew later, she became part of our family, she's waiting on me. And as I'm buying the card, I kid you not, it was like a blinking neon. And I look to my side and there's this black orange, yellow, green book that says The Maze of Mormonism, Mormonism. Oh, by yes. Dr. Walter Martin. Yes. And I was like a sleepwalker when I grabbed the book and said, I'll take this too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she said, oh, this is a wonderful book. I said, no, it's probably not. And she's looking at me like, why are you buying this <laughs> lady, you know? And she puts it in a white bag, mm -hmm. and I brought it out to the car to Dan, and I was so scared to hold it, I dropped it in his lap. Oh. <laughs> and Dan went, oh, he was at, my husband had the all-time sweet tooth of the, in the universe. Yeah. He thought it was a box of candy. Oh. And he went, oh, <laughs> He's like, oh, thank goodies. you. <laughs> goodies. And then he looked at it and said, no, that's bad, Augusta, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and the Dan, thing is, I can hear Dan yes, yes. saying that yes. on oh, my heart. Yes. I can hear him saying, and you know, Augusta, no, no that's, that's bad. bad. <laughs> and he said, uh, honey, as a priesthood holder, he never had pulled this priesthood business on me before. <laughs> I forbid you to read this book. Wow. I thought, Dan is forbidding me to read this book. He said, can I have your word? I said, yes, you can. So I finished the book at four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm laughing. That sounds like something That's I would That's how do. good my word was <laughs> <to> <laughs> my <laughs> husband. Yes. Oh, I mean, because at that point, at oh, that point, the spirits got your goodness, heart. You are just... All the questions that were answered that I had, all the horrible quotes by Brigham Young out of the journals of discourses, which I had on my shelf and had never read, of course. Yeah. Yes. They're the most boring mm -hmm. thing on the planet, worse than the Book of Mormon. They were Brigham's sermons. Yes. And you had to know where to look to find these horrible quotes that he was teaching. Right. A blood atonement and, and, and the Adam God and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I knew that I knew this was a false cult. I was in absolutely, you know, yeah. horrible. 
So, um, and my heart broke when I realized that I would never walk in there again because I loved the people so much. Yes. And so I called my children before they went to school and they all came into mom's bedside and I announced to Dan and the kids, I'm never stepping foot in a Mormon church again. And they thought I had had a stroke during the night. This, oh. is, this wow. is mom who has been drilling Mormonism into our heads since we were born, dragged us to all our meetings, mm. you know. Right. Really? Mom? Mm-hmm. Yes, mom. And I said, I'll share with you later, I'll share. And Dan took the, took the, he said, give me the book. I knew it. He said, <laughs> I knew you were going to read that. And he said, I, I, I'll take the book and prove to you this is all false. No. <laughs> So Good. now we you have one Christian <laughs> and, and one Mormon in the marriage, and by the time Dan read the book, he was on his knees, oh. asking wow. God to forgive him. And my husband became the most beautiful Christian. He Dan would witness to telephone poles, as you knew. Yes, <laughs> anything that was standing still. So um, now what do we do? You know. Right. Yeah. Well, at least you're in it together. Yes, Praise God, God that yes. you know His heart was soft yes. and He saw it and He came yes. to faith. And wow. so soon. Yes. And when our kids came home, we shared with them, and all but our ten-year-old, the friend of the girl at the mission home, she locked herself in her room and said, "I'm calling the bishop on you guys. I'm mm. not listening to you. You're going to go to outer darkness." Mm. Wow. So. I called, the first person I called was Jean Olson, my friend, my soulmate. Mm -hmm. I said, Jean, I have very strange news, all good or bad. I said, well, bad. She said, you're pregnant. Said, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why would that That's be bad news be within a Mormon community? <laughs> well, yeah. Jean had always told me she really uh, didn't want to go to the celestial kingdom because she didn't want to be pregnant for all eternity. Oh, you know? yeah. wow. So I said, no, it's worse than that. <laughs> she said, nothing is worse than that. So I said, yes, Jean, I'm leaving the church. And I could hear this pregnant silence. Yes. <laughs> you know? And she said, oh, you'll be back. Wow. I said, Jean, I need to talk to you. Okay. Do you know I never saw her again? Really? This is a woman I... Oh. This is the woman who lived a half block down the half street from you? We, we ran each other oh. into it. I even went to Nauvoo without her knowledge and I ran into her there. We were always doing the same thing at the same time. And, and, and she just never would talk you know to you? what she did? She shopped at 7 in the morning, I heard later, so she wouldn't run into me. Oh my. Yeah. One wow. time her, her son, teenage son, came to my door and I burst out crying because I thought she was coming in too. And he said, Mom wants her manuals back. Mm -hmm. The oh. teaching manuals. Mm. Yeah. That was it. So, so now we're alone in the world, Dan and I, totally friendless. Now we, we don't know what to do. I called DJ Nelson is mentioned. Do you know D.J. Nelson? Yeah, D.J. Nelson was a yeah. uh, member of the church who was doing the whole Book of Abraham yes. papyri traveling yes. around talking Lived about the Egyptians. way out west somewhere. Yeah. I somehow, I, I saw that name in the maze of Mormonism. I called D.J. Nelson <laughs> at, in Idaho or some way out there yeah. in the west. And I got his wife on the phone. And I said, 
excuse me, I'm a Mormon. Can you imagine what she must have thought? Yeah. I'm a Mormon and I just read that your husband says that the Book of Abraham is, is false. I need to talk to him. Can I talk to him? And she said, well, he's traveling right now. You need to get in touch with Saints Alive. And I said, what's that? Wow. You know. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, they're in Issaquah, Washington. Mm -hmm. It's a ministry to Mormons that are coming out of Mormonism who are now Christians. (gasps) There's such a group, you know, really. So so they began calling me and, and, uh, you know, discipling me with such expensive phone calls in those days. Yeah, that was back when there were long-distance charges. Oh, yes. Dick Bear would call me from... from, uh, because I kept snapping back to Mormonism. This was such a horrible right. battle for my, our souls. Yes. yes. And that's Dr. so common. Dr. came to our house to show us that we were wrong. Mm. You know, I had an open Bible. And honestly, I could never deny that how God works in people's lives that I would sometimes he would tell me something that sounded scary mm-hmm. and was proving Mormonism. I would open the Bible and there was my answer. Wow. The supernatural. He was getting spooked by this. <laughs> and one time he slapped my Bible and said, This do you think this there's some authority in this? Wow. And so then, sad. Yes. That even their own sc- that that the religious system is more important than their own oh, scripture. Yes. The word of God, the very word yeah. of God. To think that they would just, it was the low man on the totem pole. Right. The Bible, you know. Okay, so, so, yeah, so what do you and Dan do? How long is it until you find community Dan at church? Dan business um, with 100 Mormons. I mean, not 100, yeah, a but, few Mormons. <laughs> We're on the stock market. You know, Dan is the CEO of the company. Mm. And the, all the guys that work for him are Mormons. All the partners in the company are Mormons. Wow. They are now night and day trying to vote Dan out. Mm. And as it ended up, we were dumped somehow. And they took it over and bankrupted it. So now Dan wow. is without a job. <laughs> you know. And so, oh goodness, we went to California on business. We met all of them, Dick Bear. They were speaking at Biola. Okay, yeah. We met people from Walter Martin's group, you know. Yes. uh, All of a sudden we're in this whirlwind of of ministry and, and, and we're reading their books and we're, you know, just hooked up with them all. Mm hmm. And, um. Yeah, because so what year was that? To put in the kind. This is 81. Okay. 81. The best year of my life. Wow. God opened my eyes and his and all of ours. Yes. All of our children trusted us enough to look at the material. All of them left Mormonism. Wow. Praise God. Even the even the 10-year-old daughter that oh, locked yes. herself she in her room and said she was going to call the you bishop. Know, the bishop came to our house and said, you don't have to follow your parents to outer darkness. We'll come and pick you up. And we were so dumb and polite, we let them come in at our daughter, you know. I know you're so used to we're allowing so used them to, to allowing, control right. and giving them that oh, authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're the authority, yeah. you know. And so they finally, we were summoned to a trial. And we, two separate wow. trials because Dan had the higher priesthood. Oh, and, nice. 
he sat at the trial and there was like an apex and he was at the top and mm -hmm. bottom of it and mm -hmm. first presidency here of the stake and, and they said brother Harding you are becoming an apostate that's why this trial is here and so forth and he said gentlemen I brothers I consider all of you really close to my heart and if what I have found out is true you you need to tell it to your families if what I have found out is false you need to come and show me brother Harding the church is not on trial here, you are. Wow. That was the answer. And so they left the room and they came back and each one shook his hand and said that he was now excommunicated. I did not go to my trial. I was too emotional. Yes. So what well, I did yeah. while they were in there trying me and excommunicating me, I took pamphlets and stuck them on the cars in the parking lot and they were salvation. Actually what began the ministry is that about a week after we came out, and this is dangerous, we should never make stars out of people who are coming out of the cult. Right. Yes. Yes. Thrust them into ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, by the grace of God we survived this. And once again, that's all we have time for in this episode. But join us next week as we conclude Augusta's story. And if you're a new listener and just joining us, well, then you're going to want to go back and listen to the previous episodes because Augusta and Dan had quite the interesting life both in and out of Mormonism. In fact, at one point, a prominent Mormon actually wooed Augusta behind her husband's back trying to get her to become one of his plural wives. But you'll have to listen to episode 45 to hear how that ended. So wherever you're listening, Lynn Wilder and I are delighted you've joined us on our journey toward grace, healing, and hope. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.